You are now listening to Vibe Selection with Kyra, where you can get the real on today's hot topics. Well, welcome everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. I am your host, Kyra, and on today's episode, I have renowned psychic medium and author June Edwards joining me today, who has over 27 years experience connecting others with their loved ones, on family, friends, and loved ones on the other side after her own near-death experience. And she's also authored books titled All's Fear and Love and Karma, Dancing with the Universe, and the Destiny Card Journal, as well as Night on the Other Side. How are you doing today, Ms. June? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Yes. I want to start off by getting what your experience was like after your, what life was like on the other side after your own near-death experience. How did that come to be? So um, I was going in for surgery. I'd injured my back when I was 22. And I knew if I went in for the surgery, I was going to die. I just knew it. And I put it off for five years because I knew I was going to die. And that's your soul just giving you a heads up anytime you have that knowing. And then I ended up going in for the surgery because I was told I couldn't have any more children unless I went in for it. So the night before the surgery, they were doing an MRI test with a contrast dye. And I told them I thought I was allergic to it. I'd had it done once before. And they assured me that everybody has that reaction. It's not a problem. And sure enough, as soon as they gave it to me, I coded. Um, And I never, I'd never even heard the term NDE. Um, That's a a term that was coined by scientists because they haven't been able to quantify um, a death experience yet. So I always called it a death experience because I knew I died. Mm-hmm. And I am, you know, it's a little different for everybody, I guess. Um, I, I've listened to a lot of different stories. I didn't see a tunnel of light. I immediately was just whisked to the other side. And it was amazing. So for the longest time, I used to say that the only two things you brought with you was knowledge and love. But I've since learned that it's not just love, it's all your feelings. For me, it was overwhelming love on the other side. But there's still a lot of other souls on the other side that are struggling, that are in grief, that are in fear, all kinds of different things. Um, But for me, it was an overwhelming feeling of love. And it's just, it was just amazing over there. Um, They told me it wasn't my time. I could stay if I wanted to, or I could come back. And I got to see a whole life review, which apparently less than 10% of the people that have an NDE get to the level that I did and have a full life review. So it's like sitting in the front row of an IMAX theater and you're literally seeing everything in your life that was important to you, the people that you loved and loved you, every moment that brought you joy, those types of things. And it was a difficult decision for me, I'll be honest. I really um, had to consider whether or not I wanted to come back. And then I remembered that I had two young children here and I had really made my decision to come here to begin with for my children. And so as soon as I made the decision that I wanted to come back, I was back in my body immediately. And it was very, very difficult to talk to, talk about for a long time. I did tell my husband what happened, but 
It was a long time before I could really talk about it because the emotion would just come back and I was just overwhelmed with that feeling um, from being there. And a lot of people that come back from an NDE end up committing suicide because they want that feeling back and they don't know how to get it. So you can get that feeling back through meditation. You can, when you connect with your soul, because most of your soul is actually still on the other side, you mm-hmm. can get that high that you had when you were on the other side. It's really amazing. Yes. Yeah. So one thing that you just mentioned was about suicide. And when I was reading um, your excerpt from your book, Life, I, I don't believe it was Life on the Other Side. I believe it was uh, for All Fear and Love and Karma. Yep. And one thing that you said is that the spirits, they don't, I mean, the guides, they do not like when you commit suicide. So you you plan this life before you come here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um And everything that's happening is never happening to you. It's always happening for you, for your highest and best. Because if you're stubborn and you can't get out of your own way, the universe will step in and start making things happen so that you stay on the path and the plan that you made. So when I died at 27, it was literally an out that I had written into my life because I'd had a very difficult life. And if I wanted to take that out, I could. But suicide is never an acceptable out. When you do that, it's, you know, you plan. And this life. So it's like you literally just quit the game and walked away. And the angels now have to intervene and fix all of these interjections, all these people that you were supposed to connect with, all the things that you were supposed to do. And it's a lot of work for everybody. So even before you can come back again and reincarnate, you have to go through a lot of counseling on the other side to find out why you did that, because it's not acceptable. You can't do that again. Very interesting. (laughs) So... Part of the reason why I really wanted to discuss life life after death was because, especially during the pandemic, there were so many people that died and not just due to COVID. Um, A lot of people were just passing on. And I want your take on why do you feel like so much death was happening during that time of the pandemic? And why do you feel like there were so many kind of people just coming in and out like that? Well, it's still happening again. I mean, we're going through a phase in this world right now. Um, It's a war of good and evil right now, bottom line. Mm -hmm. And everything in the universe has to stay in balance. And it's been very out of balance for a long time. And it's hitting a tipping point. So, you know, the, the war that goes on between good and evil is over your soul. God wants your soul. The devil wants your soul. That's the bottom line. Who's going to get it? Mm. So evil right now has been trying to eliminate a lot of people on the earth. And that's what's happening from one way or another. You know, they'll either poison you, kill you, have you commit suicide, whatever, um, to try to drop the numbers. Because when there's too many people, you can't control them, right? When Mm. there are smaller amounts of people, they're easier to control. It's that simple. And... (laughs) When you are on the other side, when you're in heaven, you have all the freedom you want. You don't have a body restraining you. Your soul can go wherever it wants, do whatever it wants, um, and live vicariously through the people that you love that are still here. 
Mm-hmm. And what that means is, uh, for instance, my father-in-law, my ex-father-in-law used to love to fish. And when he passed, he um, I didn't know that his brother had passed as well until he came through to me and told me he was that his brother had passed and the two of them just go out fishing all day long. So, no, they don't have actual fishing poles, but what they do is they'll find people that are fishing and they'll mm-hmm. stand next to them and act like they're pulling the fish in and make a big deal out of it. And I'll remember that one I got, it's that type of thing. They live vicariously mm-hmm. through us. <laughs> Um, so it's kind of amazing. Yeah. And I mean, one thing, another thing that was happening during the pandemic was there were so many people, you know, coming down with mental health because they weren't able to, part of it was they weren't able to have those human interactions with people and they felt alone because you're isolated, you're on lockdown. I know in California here, we were locked down for pretty much an entire year. I know some states it was a little different, but in that happening and people being battling mental health, there was so much suicide that was going on during that time. Nobody so, wants to talk about it. Yeah. No one wants to talk about it. So what is your take on why so many people were committing suicide during it's that It's still time? happening. I mean, I'm in Florida and they're jumping off of bridges and in front of trains, you know, one and two a day, every day. It's, it's just horrendous. And... You know, we live in a 3D world here. This is what people don't understand because they're not connected to their soul is if you did you see the movie Avatar? Most people have seen that movie. I, I was haven't. thrilled when that movie came out. You need to see an Avatar because this is what it's really like. You know, your body is in bed and you go to sleep at night and the majority of your soul actually leaves your body at night and can astral project and do what you want. And then more of it comes back into your body when you wake up in the morning and you're literally an actor playing a role here. You really are. Um, There's nothing that is so important in this world. There really isn't that would drive you to, you know, take your own life or say, I'm done and leave. Unfortunately, because we are in a 3D world in a body, um, we're manipulated very much so. You can manipulate the body. You can torture people. You can injure people. You can isolate them. People need certain things. We need human contact. We need communication. We need love, affection. We need these things as human beings in this body. And when you're deprived of these things, you know, your brain just says, look, I've had enough. You know, when I start this book out, I ask, can you die of a broken heart? Yeah, I believe that you can. You can will your body to die just as you can will your body to heal itself and live. Um, but when you when you take away hope from people, when you take away purpose, you even have to have purpose on the other side. When you don't have this body and you're on the other side, you still have purpose because it's what gives fulfillment. Purpose. Mm-hmm. When you've done something that you can feel fulfilled with, otherwise, what would you do? You'd never get out of bed every day, right? You right. wouldn't do anything. You have to. Have, everybody has to have some purpose. And when you take away people's purposes, this is where they end up in despair. And you know, it's interesting where they closed all these things during COVID, but they left over open the liquor stores, didn't they? And they opened all the pot mm-hmm. stores, didn't they? Why? Because now you have people that are disconnected from their soul because their brain is totally mush. Mm -hmm. Okay. When you're drinking alcohol or you're smoking pot or you're doing drugs, excuse me, you're actually lowering your energetic vibration. And that's what we really are. Our soul is just pure energy. You're an energetic vibration. 
And even if you're listening to the radio, okay, you're into music. Back in the 1940s, worldwide, they got together and said, listen, we need to keep all the music on the radios down in the 400 range. So it's around 428 megahertz is what what you're listening to on all the radio stations. Why did they do that? Because it keeps your vibration low. Mm-hmm. That's why. So if you want to try to find something that's going to raise the level of your vibration musically, you actually have to search it out like on YouTube or something to find music that's at something higher than 528 megahertz vibration to raise your vibration and not depress you. Even though it sounds like it's uplifting music, it's really not because it's at a low vibration. Right. And, you know, I love the point that you just made about drugs and alcohol because it makes you more when you do it, it makes you more vulnerable to negative entities Um, and it allows you to be able to become sometimes manipulated by a lot of these spirits. Because when you hear a lot of people that get on drugs or or become alcoholics, a lot of times you will hear, hear stories about them hallucinating and seeing things. And so people don't realize they're connecting with some of these entities. So alcohol used to be called spirits. And the reason that it's called that is because exactly it lowers your vibration. And when your vibration is lower, it allows a lower vibrational entity to take over your body. So ghosts that are stuck here, I call them lower vibrational entities because I pick up on energy and that's what I do. So I can tell if a soul has gone into the light because the higher vibration. And if you walk into a bar, they, I mean, they congregate everywhere. There's so many poor souls that are stuck here. It's just incredible for different reasons. Mm -hmm. But if they are demonic at all, and they're just wandering around, or they just want to get into your body because they don't have one, you know, I see them as like a dark shadow. It looks like you're giving a piggyback ride to somebody. Mm-hmm. And you, they follow you home. They'll walk in off the street to your house. Um, so you have to really always be protecting yourself, protecting your home, um, and, and trying to raise your vibration. The higher your vibration, the less likely you are to attract something like that. However, people open themselves up to meditation and they don't protect themselves prior to meditating. So again, when you do that, you're opening yourself up to both evil and good. And I've even had students that have gotten possessed because they have not followed the protocols for meditation. And when you have a good heart, you're a target. Again, the devil wants your soul. So just the same as God wants your soul. It's all about your soul. Oh, yeah. They like to take advantage of the light and try to sway you into the darkness. Well, plus, you know, they don't have a body. When you're on the other side, you can't smell, you can't taste, you can't have sex, you can't do any of those things. Mm. One of the big reasons we come back here and reincarnate, other than helping people, it's a mini vacation for us. Mm. So when they're stuck here as low vibrational entities, they could be stuck here for thousands of years. Who knows? Um, But they want your body because they don't have one. Right, exactly. And so... um, Do we choose the way that we die in this world here? Are we the the creators of all of that? Because some people create these crazy deaths. Some people go out real hard, get hit by a bus or get shot or burned. Exactly. We do choose it. However, there are exceptions to every rule. And you can die outside of your life plan. Mm -hmm. Other than suicide, which is on you and that's not acceptable, 
you can make stupid decisions. So, you know, when I first started out, I was doing um, readings at no charge through a church and just give a donation to the church. And I had a woman come in that wanted to bring through her niece who had been in a car accident a few weeks earlier. And when her niece came through, she came through with the three other people that were in the car. And, you know, I had, she was able to talk to her aunt and they had some closure and blah, blah, blah. So two weeks later, somebody else comes in and wants a reading from me. And I'm like, what in the world is going on here? The same four people are here. I don't understand. And come to find out it was the mother of one of the other people in the car, one of the other girls that was in the car. And when I started talking to her daughter, she explained to me that she died outside of her life plan. She was not supposed to be in the car that night. Her mother always told her that she felt her life was in danger to call her at any time. Don't get in a car with other people that are, you know, impaired, things like that. And her soul told her not to get in that car. And she did it anyways. Mm -hmm. And, and she died in that accident outside of her life plan. So just so everybody knows as well, when people have these horrific accidents and things, and we're all about, oh, my God, I hope they didn't suffer. I guarantee you they do not suffer. What happens is your soul knows everything that's happening. Your soul is too big for this body. Some of it's in your body. Some of it is over your head that people can see, and they call it an aura. And the majority of your of your soul is in the lowest level of heaven, the fifth dimension, and it orchestrates the timing, the events that happen in your life. So it knows everything that's going to be happening. So if something like that is happening, a car accident, getting hit by a train, anything like that, your soul literally jumps out of your body prior to the impact. It does not want your soul to have to absorb all that trauma. Right. Okay. So just so people know that no one ever, if this, if, you know, if that's coming like that, their soul always knows and jumps out of their body. Right. And a lot of times, you know, you just brought up how the young lady, there was, you know, her guy tried to let her know that, hey, danger is ahead. And she still you know, went on with the situation and unfortunately had an untimely demise. What are some signs and what are some of the signs that guys sometimes try to use to get our attention and to hear us? Because there's been many times where I've got messages in my ear telling me not to do something and I haven't listened. And then I go and I do it and I'm like, oh, I should have listened. That's why. So one of the things that I teach people is how to get in touch with their soul. So we're all living a 3D experience. We all have a brain in our heads, right? For the most mm -hmm. part. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, your brain is nothing more than a massive computer. It helps you process all the information that you have, right? Mm -hmm. But your brain has a very specific job. Your brain's job is to protect you. How does it do that? It does it by creating fear. So most people are making their decisions in life based on fear. And when you do that, it's a 50-50 crapshoot. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but you're always questioning yourself, okay? Should I, should I have not, right? right? When you learn to get in touch with your soul, that's that gut instinct, that's that knowing. And when you make that decision from that gut instinct or that knowing, that is from your soul. It works out fine 100% of the time and you don't question it because you know it's the right thing. Right. OK, so the universe always hears you. It's are you listening or are you paying attention to the answers? Right. So angels are always trying to intervene and help you. 
Angels are a completely different race. They were never human. Um, and their entire existence is to help us. But they cannot help you unless you ask. That is their rule. So if you've lost an object and you want to find it, ask St. Anthony. He'll help you. I guarantee he helps me every single solitary time. And it's just totally bizarre. <laughs> um, but you have to ask. If you don't ask, they don't help. Right. So and angels talk in numbers and binary codes. So I'm always trying to teach people how to listen to angels and how to pay attention to the signs. So I always tell the story of me sitting in my car in traffic. And one day I'm just sitting there kind of feeling a little sorry for myself saying, geez, you know, nothing exciting's happened. I haven't got any signs. I don't think you guys are even listening to me, you know, and I have not moved one inch in traffic. And I look to the left and the telephone pole numbers are 5656, which is 1111, which mm -hmm. is an angel number telling me that they are working on the things that I've asked for and I shouldn't have any worries or fear. Yeah. Then I look in front of me and I've got my initials on the plate in front of me. <laughs> and then I look to the right and the mailbox number is 333, which is the ascended master's number, which means they're the ones that are actually working on my stuff. And I'm like, I'm sorry, it's me. I'm not paying attention. <laughs> my bad. Sorry. You're doing your job. I'm not doing mine and being patient. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love that. You know, that's one of the things that I struggle with so much um, over the years is listening to the messages and the signs. Um, there was one particular situation where I kind of had a little bit of a near-death experience where I remember going to a restaurant and waiting on my food. And as I was sitting there, something told me very calmly, but very, it let me know that it was urgent. Hey, don't get up, stay where you are literally less than, and I said, well, I've heard this voice before. And I usually know if it comes in that particular form, in that tone, it's something serious. Within a couple of seconds later, I hear this big bang happen. And all of a sudden, this guy is being escorted out of this back room of this restaurant. And I'm look, everybody's looking around super confused. Well, there was the guy that was in the back room that they had escorted out. He had shot through the, uh, the wall of the office and where I was seated, uh, seated, I was about to go up and ask for something. If I had got up to ask for what I was going to ask for within that second, I would have been shot in my leg. And who knows, I may have lost the leg or anything like that. But that's the reason why we need to listen to these signs. I had the exact same thing happen to me. I was sitting in a friend's uh, motorcycle shop and he went in the back room with my husband at the time and he asked me to sit and just cover the counter. So, okay, sure. I'm sitting on the stool, covering the counter. Do, 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 do. And I'm thinking, oh, I should get up. And I'm like, heard, no, don't get up. And I'm like, okay, I won't get up. <laughs> and somebody came like they were going to come into the business and open the door and immediately didn't come in took off and ran mm -hmm. and I'm like hmm so I'm just sitting there minding my business and about two or three minutes later a police officer comes in he's like uh yeah we're looking for a bullet I said what yeah well we, the guy that just came in here somebody shot at him I'm like what I, I didn't oh see goodness. anything I didn't hear anything the bullet was lodged in the wall two inches over my head wow had I gotten up I would have been hit in the head I would have been killed yeah. Yeah. Gotta pay attention to the signs and listen. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot, of, you know, a lot of times the signs are just trying to put you on the path that you're supposed to be on too. Though a lot of times they're encouraging. So I always tell anybody if something, anything happens out of the ordinary. 
that's always a sign. Mm -hmm. So like I was on the golf course um, two weeks in a row and middle of the day, we heard owls and we saw the owls in the tree, middle of the day, hooting away. I'm like, this is really weird. And of course I got, you know, I didn't look up the meaning right then and there. I was preoccupied. So sure enough, they wanted to get the meaning through. Next week when I'm golfing, it's the same thing. Now in the meantime, I'm still not paying attention, right? I had all these pictures coming through on my um, my computer. Uh, of owls. I had, I do jigsaw puzzle. The puzzle of the day was an owl. And I'm still, oh I'm gosh. like, oh, <laughs> it took me the second week to go golfing and the owls up there again. And finally, I'm like, I think that's a message for me as owls everywhere before I finally looked up the message. We're like, we're up here just hooting away. You don't see us. You're not paying attention. <laughs> but when you when you look up the uh, when you look up the meaning of something, to I want everyone to know. Always look up the spiritual meaning. Don't look up symbolism. Look up the spiritual meaning. There is a big difference. And when you look up the spiritual meaning of anything, there will be three or four meanings. It's whatever the the meaning that resonates with you. That's the one that is meant for you. Right. Just so you know. Love that. So when you transition, when you die, what happens to you? Do you go to another planet or another plane? What is the so, process like? When you die and your soul leaves your body, um, most people will go into the light immediately and then they can come right back down here. In, in less than a second. If you think of this, if you think of quantum physics and the speed of light, it's more than 300 million miles a second. Okay. That's how fast my soul traveled when I went to the other side. Now it came back in my body at that speed. So my vibration is automatically much higher than most people's vibration. So I can go back and forth to the fifth dimension, the lowest level of heaven at any time. Mm. And they've given me glimpses of beyond that and have explained to me what it, you know, what it's like and why it's done that way. But since I'm still secured here in my 3D body, they've not allowed me to go past the fifth. However, if you leave your body and you don't go into the light, different reasons, different things happen. Some people don't understand that they're dead and they're stuck next to their body. Other people, I had a friend whose uh, fiance passed. He was, he had pneumonia, went into the ICU and went into a coma. And they told his fiance he was fine. He should be out of here in a day or two. So she left the state to go back to work. They lived two states away. In the meantime, he astral projected his soul to go visit her when he was in the coma, because, you know, you still have a little bit of your soul keeping your body alive. Just like when you're dying, there's a little bit of your soul left in your body to keep your functions going. And he asked her projected to go visit her at her job where she was working because he missed her. And then when he tried to get back into his body, he couldn't. And he thought he did that. He thought he did something wrong. And he came to me panicked. And I have a gatekeeper that does not let souls come through to me unless I'm working, unless it's an emergency. And he's one of the two souls that they've let through as an emergency. And he was panicked. He didn't know what was going on. He could not get back into his body. He didn't know what to do. He had not gone into the light at that point. Okay. Um, I explained to him that if he can't get back into his body, then his body passed away when he was gone. And it's not his fault. It was time. Uh, but that he did need to go into the light and he could come right back 
after he goes into the light, which he did. Um, and, you know, he understood what was happening from there. It took quite a while for my girlfriend to actually understand any of it. She was in so much grief. Um, and I, you know, when I went to the funeral, I just said, listen, I, I need, you know, you know what I do. And I have a message from Dennis when you're ready. And it took her almost a year to finally contact me and said, you know, you told me you have a message. I'm ready. And he contacts her all the time now. She's, you know, she talks to him through meditation. She gets messages from him constantly. It's it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but other souls stay here and stuck for different reasons. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they'll die of alcoholism or drugs and they're in fear. They're in fear of being judged on the other side. They're in fear because they knew they let their mother down or their father down or their wife down or their children down. Um, And they don't want to go into the light because they think they're going to be punished. They're going to have to sneeze. (laughs) Take your time. Yeah, eventually. Um, And other times they don't realize they're dead. You know, I had a little girl that that was haunting some houses that used to be a farm that she lived on in the 16 or 1700s. And when she passed away of either yellow fever or typhoid, when she was seven or eight years old, she didn't realize she was dead. And mm-hmm. she's been going from house to house to house because all these houses were built up on this land looking for her mom. And, you know, she'll stand at the bottom of the staircase and every woman that comes down the stairs, it's mommy, mommy, mommy. So, you know, I was able to find her and call her parents through from the other side and have them bring her through into the light. Um, So a lot of different reasons that they're stuck here. Um, But once they go into the light, they can come back here immediately. I had uh, a missing person case who um, he had died, but he did not want his family to know. And he had not gone into the light. Mm -hmm. So I thought he was still alive. He wanted us to think he was alive. He was taking us on a wild goose chase, you know, back up to Boston to all the places he used to work. And we're passing out flyers looking for him. And his vibration, because he did not go into the light, is the same as a human being to me. It's the same low vibration. Mm-hmm. And not until we found the body did he want to want us to know. And, you know, I brought him through and um, he's like... Nobody was ready. Nobody was ready to know that I had died, and I knew that. Um, so I, I had him go into the light and come back immediately, which he did. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, he had a lot of a lot of things he wanted to say to his family at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he wasn't ready. You know, he wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot, so many different reasons. You know, I had a restaurant that I owned one time, and it was haunted by a cook that used to, worked there when it was a restaurant 50 years ago mm-hmm. and he was scaring the crap out of everybody he was scaring them you know the the people that worked there the bartender we'd see him walk in and then he'd just disappear <laughs> and he would leave all the lights on all night all night, things like that and I tried to move him into the light and he didn't want to go he was just really really happy that it was a restaurant again you know he wanted to kind of live vicariously through everybody that was there so I kind of made a deal with him to let him stay so long as he didn't keep turning the lights on unless there was a problem, things like that. And sure enough, every time there was a problem, he'd turn the lights on for me and I would find it. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I know they stay because there's some, res- you know, there's the energy of their family members sometimes holding them here. Or if it was an untimely death and, you know, it kind of happened fast and they maybe didn't realize it happened, that could be something. Another thing is I know 
um, that some, you know, people that pass on, they come back here or, you know, they have residual energy here because they enjoyed maybe their time sometimes here. I remember. Well, it's not really residual energy. It's that they're coming back here because, yeah, they enjoy the place. They can come back here all day long, all the time. Um, who hasn't had a, a new infant child that's, you know, maybe a year old or nine months old being able to stand up in the crib and you swear that kid is talking to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Guarantee you they are because they can still see. And if the grandparents are coming through to keep an eye on them or check them out or play with them, you know, they go back and forth. The Mm -hmm. kids can still see them and talk to them. Absolutely. And you say that children, most of the times, if they are kind of babbling off into, you know, the sky and seeing things that others may not are seeing, that they actually are connecting with, you know, people that are on the other side or maybe angels or guides and those things. They are. So when we reincarnate and we come through when you're when you're that small, you don't lose all your memories from the other side yet. And you're still mm-hmm. seeing things and all that stuff. So I've been fortunate that uh, my last two grandchildren that were born, I was able to talk to them when they were still, you know, under a few months old and ask them, you know. Why'd you pick them? Why'd you pick my son as your dad? Why are you here? What are you going to be when you grow up? You know, and it's fascinating stuff. It's really Mm -hmm. fascinating. Absolutely. So is there really a heaven or hell? There's both. So everything in the universe has to stay in balance. So if you have a heaven, you have a hell. Everything has to stay in balance. And I have not gone to hell. Um, I don't even like working with the lower vibration entities that are here. I do when I have to. I've had to work with demons because in order for them to give me the proper education, that's all part of it. Mm-hmm. And they are real. Absolutely. Evil is real. Um, I did meet someone once a couple of years ago at my gym. Um, older man in his 80s now came over to me and said, I understand that you're a medium. I'm like, yep. He says, I heard that you died. I said, yeah. He goes, well, so did I. I said, oh, it's amazing on the other side, isn't it? He goes, no, Mm. I didn't go to heaven. He said, I went to hell. I'm like, what? He goes, Mm. yeah. He goes, they took me to hell. I said, oh, my God. He goes, yeah, they told me I wasn't going to stay. He goes, but they told me he was 45. He had a heart attack. He said, they told me they wanted me to see it and come back and let everyone know that it is absolutely real. He goes, it was horrendous. And when he came back, he became a Catholic priest. Mm. So did he describe what this hell looked like? Is it really just a fiery pit with a, a demon with a steak knife in his hand? Uh, pretty much. <laughs> and oh, he wow. said it was horrible. He said it was horrible. He said, he said the wor- your worst nightmare. He goes, suffering and just horrible, horrible. He goes, the worst thing you could ever imagine. He, it's just horrible. Torture, constant pain. Yeah. And why would one go to hell and why would one go to heaven? So the only people I have not been able to bring through from the other side is someone that has taken someone else's life, has no regret. Okay. And I believe that those people are in hell or someone that sold their soul, sold their soul to the devil. Because that again, that's the that's the game here. You know, we want your soul, devil or angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the only people that I haven't been able to bring through, and those are the only people that, to my understanding, that are in hell. Everyone else, you rape somebody, yeah, you're in heaven. Believe it or not, yeah, believe it or not, everybody made that plan before they came here. As horrible as that sounds, it makes you who you are. It's that simple. And as much as they didn't like playing that part on the other side when they came here, they agreed to do it because they knew these are the things that shape the experience that you're having here. 
this is how it works. And it's all about learning the five lessons so that your soul can continually progress on the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you go through a review in front of Jesus, like a lot of these, you know, religious, specifically Christianity depicts, or is it your own personal life review that you go through? You, so I don't know that everyone gets a life review when they go back at all, to be honest with you. Um, I've never asked and I've never been told by any from the, anybody from the other side that they have gone through that. I, I truly believe that they did that to me just so I could make the decision to stay or go. I think that's why I got the life review. Um, and the only people, only other people that have ever told me they had a life review are people that were in the same situation that had to make a decision whether or not to stay or come back. So I don't think it's a normal process, to be honest. I know before you can come back and reincarnate, there's a whole process because every archangel has a soul group and we reincarnate every lifetime with the same people of our soul group. And there's millions of people in our soul group, but we come back. Like I said, a mini vacation so we can have a body and enjoy things and have some fun. And we come back to collect our karma or payback karma and learn lessons and help each other. Those are the reasons that we come back here. And people forget that once they're here. You know, no one is an island. We're here to help each other. We're all here to help each other, raise the collective consciousness, help each other's soul help them to write to raise to the you know the different dimensions on the other side and improve their soul bottom line your soul's thousands of years old and so you mentioned um dimensions how many dimensions are there exactly and what what are the purpose of these dimensions (laughs) you know i don't know how many they are they have explained it to me that's like a layer cake on the other side and you go to the level based on your belief system and your how advanced your soul is. So for instance, when my mom was dying, um, they brought her up into the room. There was an angel in the room on the shelf next to the television set. And I asked her if she saw him and she said, no. I thought that was a good sign. Maybe she was going to live. The next morning when I came back and they told me that she only had a few hours to live, I asked her if she saw the angel and she said, yeah, she'd seen him since the night before. Mm -hmm. Um, So during the night, I asked him what his name was. And this is one of the ways they're always teaching me from the other side. He said his name was Machael. So I looked up the name Machael and it said it's the angel that brings advanced souls to the higher realms. So when my mom's soul, I watched it leave her body when she died. And immediately some of her family from the other side and this archangel, Machael, took her to the other side. And if he's going to the higher realms, it was right with my dad and my two sisters. So the four of them were there. Um, So I don't know how many dimensions there are, how high the realms go, but that's what it's like on the other side. And I I mean, I I can go, like I said, to the fifth dimension. Um, I haven't been able to go beyond that. And that's the only glimpse they've really given me was when my mom passed. They allowed me to see her go to that higher dimension. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've seen it from the outside to be able to see. And it's, they took a picture in space by the Hubble, um, uh, the Hubble spacecraft that was out there once. Mm-hmm. And it literally looks like crystals. And I, 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 when I saw that, I'm like, oh my God, they got a picture of heaven. Cause that's what it looks like when you approach heaven. When I go, when my soul astral projects to go to the fifth dimension, that's what it looks like before I enter it. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Like a crystal palace. 
Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> during the times that we're in, especially during the pandemic, I feel like there was a sense of uh, a reset that was trying to happen um, during that specific time, especially due to the fact that there was so much death going on. And I know during that time specifically, the veil started to lift and now the veil is complete, almost pretty much completely gone with all that's coming out. I mean, we're hearing about aliens. We're hearing about so many things. What is your take on that? And do you feel like you see more spirits coming through now than in the last 27 years that you've been doing mediumship? Well, I haven't been doing it that long. I died at 27. I've only been doing this professionally for 10 years. I was born with all this ability. Um, So... I don't think there's more coming through, to be honest with you. Um, I think there is a mass awakening happening. I will agree with that. I think people are starting to understand that they are not the suit that sits here. They're the soul that's inside. And, you know, it's like anything else. I've never seen an atheist on his deathbed, to be honest. Mm. (laughs) Even even my father, who was hitting up did not believe in anything that I did when he was close to death, finally said to me one day, he goes, I want to talk to you about what you do. I'm like, really? What do you want to know? He goes, well, every morning I wake up and I see my mother standing next to my bed. I said, oh, about time. She's been there about a year. <laughs> he goes, well, why does she lift it? Why does she disappear right after I wake up? I said, because your brain is kicking in and your brain is saying, oh, no, that can't be. That's why, you know, get out of your head and understand that she's still there. And mm-hmm. yeah, she's getting ready to take you to the other side when you're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are starting to open their eyes and open their mind and understanding. And the more you pay attention to things, you know, miracles happen every day. Mm-hmm. Miracles, true miracles happen every day. And if you pray for it and if you believe it, it's all about energy. This is why prayers work. Why do prayers work? It has to do with the energetic cadence of when you say a prayer. This is why prayers work. Collective prayers, collective energy. Mm-hmm. And so is family usually there to kind of greet you once you pass on? Are they around or are some of them? Do you not see some of them because they've reincarnated into a new body after you? Um, it really depends. What I found is that we reincarnate about every 350 to 400 of our years. Mm-hmm. Now, understand that it's not the same on the other side, we've kind of created time here. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, every three, um, three and a half to four years is only one year of their time. Mm -hmm. So that's like what, 10 years, (laughs) we're reincarnating something like that on their side, not our side. It's Mm -hmm. time is really different. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But so my mom found out that she was adopted when she was in the nursing home prior to dying because somebody kept coming through and she didn't know who it was. My mom was a psychic, but her abilities weren't anywhere near as, as strong as mine were. Um, and come to find out the person that was coming through was um, it was her uncle who was really her dad mm-hmm. and her aunt adopted her. And she thought her aunt was her mother wow. back in, you know, back in the twenties, you know, if somebody got pregnant in the family like that, you would have somebody in the family adopt them because you wouldn't just put them out to nobody. Mm-hmm. So her uncle was really her dad and her mother was the butcher's daughter who wanted nothing to do with her. And mm-hmm. she only saw her a couple of times during her life. 
Mm-hmm. Now, lo and behold, when she's on her deathbed and dying, they're all arguing through the night. And I'm listening to these people argue during the night about who's going to bring her through, whether it's going to be her real mother, her aunt, who she thought was her mother, her father. They're all arguing about who's going to bring her through. And lo and behold, they all came through. They all yeah. came to bring her through with the archangel. Well, yeah, her it was whole pretty little team. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty incredible. Yeah. And they weren't arguing about it when she passed. They just automatically just showed up. Mm-hmm. And so reincarnation, what is the true meaning of that? I feel like there's so many ways to kind of define it and so many people kind of have their own terms for it. But what exactly is reincarnation for those that don't really understand it? Coming back here and do another body for have another 3D experience. Mm-hmm. And so do you kind of sit up there before you reincarnate and decide, you know, what you want to look like, the gender you, you do. are? That's what I'm saying. It's a long plan because, you know, you have to get each archangel has a soul group. You have to get together with everybody in the soul group and who's going to do what. Oh, this time maybe, maybe I want to be a dentist at some point. What mm-hmm. else do you want to do? Oh, maybe I want to go to England. Um, okay, so who do you owe any karma to from a past life? Do you owe anybody that you want to try that we can have come through and maybe you can collect or you could pay back? It, it's very complicated. It's uh, It takes quite a while to do all that process and put everything together. And that's work that's done with angels. So the angels are helping put those connections and get those all together before you come through. Right. And I mean, in a past life, you, uh, you could have had your mother that tra- transitions in your new life into maybe your father or maybe a lover of yours. It could be many different types of things. They're all- <laughs> so it's interesting. So when I was writing my I was writing my autobiography when I um, a few years ago, and it was that was the first book I was writing. And I was teaching mediumship and psychic development at that time and taking care of my mom in the nursing home and I kept hearing you got to write the book you got to write the book and I'm like I'm, what are you talking about writing the book and they're like no no no, not that book you have to write a book about the mediumship and psychic development so everybody has something with them to take with them as a guide I'm like okay I'm like well if you want me to do that you're gonna have to help me channel it because I don't have time for this mm-hmm. so I channeled one of the highest guides on the other side and I wrote and published that book in six weeks Mm-hmm. And right before it went to publishing, everybody kept asking me, can we reincarnate as plants and animals? And I'm like, I have no idea. Let me ask. So I ask on the other side. No one tells me. I get no answer. <laughs> Processing. Like, Please wait. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, wait a minute. I said, I have this dog that was my son's dog. He found him in a box on the Texas-Mexican border when he was in the military. And he loved this dog. He had him for four years. Mm -hmm. And the first time I met this dog, the dog was crazy over me. And I loved this dog. And I was never big on other people's dogs. And I was never big on big dogs. I always had little dogs. Mm -hmm. But something between me and this dog, it was just off the charts. Mm -hmm. And every time I would see my son, my son would be like, I swear, mom, if I was jealous, that dog loves you more than me. And he did. It was it was crazy. (laughs) So when my son had to give the dog up, I took him. So he had him for four years. I had him for four years. And then I had to put him down. He had inoperable inoperable cancer. Mm -hmm. But I said, let me look and see where this dog was in our past life. He had to be in a past life with us somewhere for me to have this kind of connection with him. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, in a past life, my son was my father and the dog was a a man. His soul was a man. And we rescued him. We saved his life. 
-hmm. So he came through as a dog in this lifetime, spent four years with my son protecting him and four years with me protecting me. (laughs) And it's interesting because when he comes through, he comes through to visit a lot. Sometimes he would come through as the man and -hmm. sometimes he comes through as the dog and I recognize him either way. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! So the animals, dogs specifically, really are man or woman's best friend. Yeah, absolutely. Any animal we can reincarnate as any animal. What I found also is it's the uh, the souls that haven't really progressed a lot that, for the most part, want to come through as animals. But there, mm-hmm. you know, there are some other souls. Sometimes they just think it's going to be an easier existence or know what it's like. You know, mm-hmm. because that's we're all about learning. Our souls are all about progressing and learning. Right. So do animals, when they pass on, do they go through the same process that we do? Do they go to different dimensions as well? Since they, they are do. sometimes. And, and it's interesting because um, they'll stay, they'll come. So when they come through to me, um, mostly the souls will come through the way they looked prior to passing or the way they thought they looked the best in the last lifetime. Because think about it, they don't have a body. They can project themselves as anything they want. Okay. Mm-hmm. My mom comes through about the age of 18 or 19 because that's what she felt was her best life. And that's how she looked the best. And that's how she comes through. Mm-hmm. But animals come through all the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, anytime I, it used to be if I go out on a date with somebody, it was either their, if their mother had passed, the mother was on the date. Or if they had animals, the animals would come through. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally, I'd be in a restaurant with somebody having dinner. And I'm like, Did you, I used to own a German shepherd. He goes, how'd you know that? I'm like, hmm, about this this high. <laughs> yep. He's <laughs> <And> sitting right here. <laughs> so there's I feel like now um there's more atheists than ever. Um, however, I also do feel like people, since there's so much going on energetically and spiritually within the world, people are starting to also become believers. Do you what for those that don't know or are atheists or whatnot, is there really a God and what does God look like? Have you ever seen him before? I don't know if it's a him or a her. You can call it whatever you want. I I choose to call it either God or source energy. There is only one. When you get to the other side, there is only one. Um, All religions are right. All religions are wrong. Um, if they do what they're supposed to do to some degree, then they serve their purpose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they're, they're supposed to be teaching love, not hate. They're supposed to be teaching us to help each other. These are the purposes of the religion, what they're supposed to be doing. Um, we're all here for each other. So it doesn't matter who you follow, what you follow. You know, my sister was Hindu and, you know, they believe in Ganesh and Vishnu. And yeah, they're there too on the other side. They were ascended masters. They actually lived at one time and walked the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I've never seen an atheist on their deathbed. There's a lot of people that are atheists until something mm-hmm. happens in their life. And if they're paying attention to the, to their life at some point in time, they'll see a miracle somewhere. Something will happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first person I ever met that was an atheist was a dear friend of mine. Um, mm-hmm. Known him for years. He helped me in business. Never knew the man with an a- was an atheist until we had a conversation one day. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. You, 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 you don't. He goes, yeah, I think we're like ants. And once we're done here, we're done. I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, no, that's not what happens. Trust me, I died. I got on the other side. I can get that. I can tell, tell you. <laughs> and it's like. So I remember um, probably about two years ago, I saw him again. I'm like, so tell me, I said, are you still an atheist? He goes, 
actually, I'm not. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, something happened. And I can't talk about it. <laughs> I'm not an atheist anymore. I'm like, yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of the excuse for why some atheists don't believe in God is because, well, I have never seen it, never touched it. You know, it's, it seems I, I, like a pigment in my imagination. Can they touch the air they're breathing? I don't know. Right? I haven't seen anybody <laughs> touch the air they're breathing. Do they touch microwaves <laughs> that are cooking their food? Gee, how do you do that? Really? Right. Yeah. Just because you never see it or hear it or whatnot. But I'll be honest, you know, I, I was a skeptic. Huge. You know, um, I came from a really dysfunctional family and I was, you know, raised in like six different religions and I didn't believe any of it. And I was one of those people, if I couldn't feel it, touch it, I, it must not be real. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me tell you something, when you die, that brings a whole different belief system to you. And that's what our belief systems are based on pretty much what we've been taught or what we experience. And at some point in time, you're going to experience something that's going to override what you've been taught. Right. Now, have you ever looked at someone as a psychic medium and knew that they were going to pass on? And they didn't have much time left. Oh, yeah. Many people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for you? I can just tell if their body is expiring. Um, easily tell that their body is getting ready to expire for the most part. Mm-hmm. I can also tell astrologically, numerically, I can look at their things and tell that way as well. I've, you know, looked at it. I've predicted a few people's deaths, three people's death at this point within a couple of weeks. And um a couple people's births. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do they seem more at peace? The ones that you can tell uh, their body is expiring? No, not at all. No, it's because they haven't taken care of their body. That's the bottom line. Mm. Very interesting. So I want to get onto um, a question that I know has caused a lot of controversy, but I want people to really get a better idea about it. What is your thoughts on women having abortions is it really a woman killing a child is it something that is frowned upon in the spirit world or is it something that is accepted and okay so i can speak from personal experience because when i was 17 i did have an abortion um got pregnant by an old boyfriend didn't want to hear my father telling me that I knew you were white trash. I knew you were no good. I, I, I heard that anyways. You know, grew up being told that women's only function were for sex and babies when we had no value. Mm. And um, it was it was very traumatic to me at the time. Um, and then when I finally got a little older and got married and wanted to have children, I wasn't able to. <clears throat> I wasn't able to right away and had to go through a lot of infertility testing and treatment. And I thought I was being punished. I truly thought I was being punished because I had killed a child. Um, I understand now that that's not the case. And everything that we chose to go through while we're here, we go through for a purpose and for a reason. And if I hadn't gone through it, I wouldn't be able to answer your question. Mm-hmm. And... I always knew that it was a little girl. I always knew it. I just knew it. And I never had a little girl. I always had boys. I had three boys. Mm -hmm. And I always knew that that was the little girl um, that I was supposed to have. And sure enough, she's on the other side. They continue to grow on the other side at a much slower rate than Mm -hmm. than we do. 
Um, they grow with the age, you know, like I said, about um, one year every three and a half or four years. <laughs> and I've had other mediums that have spotted her and brought her through as well because she comes through a lot. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's interesting when um, at the moment of conception, when the ovum and the sperm meet scientists have proven whether it's happening in your body or they do it in a petri dish there is um, an electrical reaction that happens at that time and that i believe is the god spark that goes in to give that that a soul immediately so that soul is there and um i was pregnant with triplets for my first one and i lost two of the triplets and they come through. They were all boys. <laughs> they were all boys as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, a whole little basketball team, little football team. You're just yeah. bound to have boys. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's funny. My brother got all the girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I believe it is, you know, knowing what I know now, I would have never done it then. And I would never recommend it to anyone. And I truly believe that, yeah, you're taking away a life at that point. Um, and it doesn't matter at what point it is, because as soon as you have that moment of, of conception, they have proven that that is when that electrical connection starts. And I believe that's, you know, because our souls are nothing but energy. Mm-hmm. I believe that is the point at which the God spark happens and the soul enters enters the uh, the baby. And it is a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. They'll, they'll never be able to duplicate it. And the reason for that is this. They can grow one, they can clone one, but all they're doing is cloning it from what we already have. They can't make a cell. They can't make an ovum. They can't make, you know, they can't make it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it grows is a miracle. If a child continued to grow for nine months at the rate that it grows for the first six weeks, it would be 180 pounds in nine months when it's born. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Certain parts grow and they stop growing. Other parts grow and they stop growing. Well, you'll never be able to get all that timing down that, you know, an arm shoots out, fingers shoot out, this shoots out, this stops, this continues. They'll never be able to figure that out. That's a miracle. That's an absolute miracle. Yeah. And it's crazy that we have so much misogyny against women in this world when we are the proponents to bringing life into the world and carrying life. It's it's truly amazing to see that process. It's, it's, it's evil. It's evil that's happening in the world. That's all it is. It's just pure evil. I mean, we again, we you know, when we reincarnate into this world as men and women. Okay. Every lifetime we come back differently and you chose to play a role in this one. You could have been a man in your last one. I was a man in a lot of my last lifetimes. And what happened in this lifetime is I was still operating on too many of my male traits than my female traits. Mm. Yet I came, I chose to be a female in this lifetime. I have to play that role. That's the role I chose. Mm -hmm. And when I don't do that, I'm taking away the opportunity for my partner to play their role. So for instance, you know, my husband at the time chose to play a male role. I'm the first one to pick up the hammer and put the hang the picture instead of giving him the opportunity to play that role. Mm. We're all here to play a part. It's that simple. Right. And so the child that you um, lost, do you feel like that child can come back to you in another life when you reincarnate or will this child have the option to also reincarnate itself? 
Of course, all of those possibilities really depends on what we choose when we get to the other side before we come back again. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there will be any karma for you because of that decision that you decided to make? I don't believe so. And the reason for that is this. We create karma by, (laughs) excuse me, doing something to someone else Mm -hmm. and having no regret Mm -hmm. and not making any um, amends. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't make amends because they're on the other side, but I absolutely have regret. Mm-hmm. So I don't believe there's any karma that's been built there. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. You can't always make amends, but as long as you have regret, I don't think you have built the karma. Right, exactly. And karma, you know, people think karma is a negative thing. Karma is not a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Karma is there to help teach. So let's say you stole money from somebody. And that with him, he's got enough money. He doesn't care, right? Mm-hmm. You admit you're not making amends and you have no regrets, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now, now you owe that person karma. So in the next lifetime, when they come through, they're probably not going to steal from you. They're probably going to be your boss. Mm-hmm. Because one of the lessons you have to learn is money and balance. Right. So you're definitely going to learn about money from your boss because he's going to make you earn it. Maybe mm-hmm. you're not going to get the raise. Maybe he's going to charge you, you know, make you work piecemeal or something. Uh, but you're going to learn what it's worth at that point and learn your lesson about money when they come back and they owe, you know, you get pay back the karma. Right. So money really isn't the root of all evil, like so many people say. <laughs> so money is one of the lessons that your soul comes here to learn to progress. Money and balance. Balance is the actual lesson, but money is energy. That's why it's called currency. And it's what we use in this 3D world here to show whether or not your life is in balance, because everything in the universe has to stay in balance and it has to be an even exchange of energy. You don't walk into a grocery store and plop down a million dollars to buy a gallon of milk. It has to be an even exchange of energy. <laughs> now, when I started my um, relationship mastery program, I actually gave it away to free, for free to a couple of military personnel that were going through uh, separation and, you know, crying that they couldn't afford it. You know, they never did the program because it had no value to them. Mm. It's that simple. Everything has to be that even exchange of energy. And then if all you do is work 80 hours a week, right? Mm-hmm. The rest of your life is going to be out of balance because you have no time for your friends, your family, for yourself. And then if you're just hoarding your money, you have no self-worth because you don't want to spend the fruits of your labor on yourself. Mm-hmm. Every lesson reinforces the previous lesson. Right. And I love that, you know, um, previous to the pandemic, especially out here in the Bay Area, because the cost of living is so expensive. There's so many people that are having to work multiple jobs. And with the reset, with COVID and everything, you know, when the lockdown happened and then things started to open up again, a lot of people really started to want to find get back into the workforce, but get it back into the workforce, being able to have a sense of balance because before they didn't have time for their friends, their family themselves, taking vacations, anything like that. And then with the pandemic, you're locked down with your friends or your family or, if you know, whatever your went situation went the other way is. and you realized you didn't even right. know these people. Right. <laughs> Right. And you realize that you really need that sense of balance. So, so many people are either doing hybrid work or they're completely working from home because they understand that they need that balance. And now they're able to do the things that they weren't able to do when they were working their jobs before. Well, June, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Vibe Selection Podcast. Please let everyone know where they can get your books and how they can connect with you. 
My books are available everywhere, but there are easy links on my website, juneedward.com. There are links to all the social media, except for TikTok. I am not on TikTok. Um, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, um, X, Trump, all those. Uh, let's see, there are videos of all my students and uh, different podcasts on my website as well. And again, you can sign up for the free webinar to see how energy works. You can make appointments with me for readings, mediumship, angel card readings, astrology, numerology. I do cards of the Magi. I do Akashic records, which are your past life. I can do all kinds of things for you. So the jack of all. Pretty much. <laughs> Actually, King of Diamonds. I'm a King of Diamonds. <laughs> ah, I like that. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Vibe Selection. As you already know, I am your host, Kyra. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Stay safe. Stay healthy out there. All right. Bye. Thank you for joining Vibe Selection with Kyra. Come vibe out with us again next time and hear the latest on today's hot topics. Find us on Instagram at I am Kyra Mahoney or donate at www.patreon.com slash vibe selection.